Well, AFL Round 21 had the biggest controversy of the year with Andrew Gaff being ruled out for eight weeks. Hummer is on a writer's week up in the Gold Coast. I'm not really sure what that is. We've got the big man, Matthew Richardson, with us as always. He's going to tell a funny story about old Richard Wilkins a bit later. I love this story too. That is the AFL podcast for Sports Bet Round 21. Hello, Richo. Good to be here, no doubt It's been a big week in footy, as Eddie Maguire used to say. It has been, but one of us isn't here, and Hummer's been in and out of the, the podcast most of the year. Can you believe him and the social media boys are on a thing up in the Gold Coast called a Writers' Week? So right. They need to go away from here, being Melbourne, which is the cultural capital of the world, to go to the Gold Coast. And what they do up there is they turn their emails and phones off between nine and four. Nobody can contact them. I've got to ask a question whether they're just going to the pub every day. So what do you mean a writer's week? It doesn't really hit a chord with me. What are they doing? Well, Hummer thinks he's like a creative type, like a thespian. Um, And the other guys, like there's a guy called Rambo who is very talented at what he does. So they put together the little ads and the little – Short movies like a, that you see on on, right. uh, on so it's like a creative type trip, is it? Yeah, so they're part of the team that puts together um, all our little ads and things like right. that, little promos that go on Instagram right. and 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 Twitter. They're, they're very they talented, except Hummer. They couldn't get in a room here somewhere in Melbourne. No, well, I, I thought you could have had a lock in somewhere here in Melbourne, but uh, not Hummer. He's away, and there's a few people upset about it as well. I tell you what, I've only been involved here for probably what three months now, fourteen weeks, I'd say. Hummer's been here about half that time. Uh, I don't know what he does, to be honest. I don't think he does a lot, so <laughs> we'll move on. But a man who everybody's talking about this week was Andrew Gaff and probably got his what right whack at the end of the day. Uh, I thought maybe anywhere from six to eight weeks, but I, I thought that the commentary around the whole thing was just got over the top. It was out of control. People saying that he should be out for a whole year. People saying he should be um, charged Criminally by police. Charged. I could not believe. It's almost like. Let's try and be outraged more than the next person on Twitter. And these are some media people who probably should know better who are just trying to outdo the next bloke. Yeah, I, I thought it was over the top. When when it happened, I actually, a mate said to me, oh, Andrew Brayshaw's had his teeth knocked out. Uh, I was doing the other game at the MCG and I dropped past a mate's on the way home and I thought, oh, geez, what's happened here? And when, when he said that it was Andrew Gap, I was really surprised because watching him over his career – He's, he's not a physical type no. of player. That's not his go. He's a ball player. He wins his own footy and he, he runs the lines. It's certainly out of character for him. And I think the amount of people that were pre- prepared to give him a character reference over his whole journey, his junior coaches, his uh, high school principal, yep. has said a lot. Um, he made a mistake. He shouldn't have done it. Uh, he copped his whack and let's move on. I don't believe he should be, you know, publicly, publicly almost bloody – Sat, it was like the old stoning in the public square, it was, wasn't, wasn't it? it? Yeah, uh, so we we got a, a tendency in this country and in this sport, particularly whether it's AFL or cricket or any other sport, to bury people. We right. really like to bury people. And uh, the fitness coach at West Coast, a good mate of ours, Warren Kofidu, I spoke to him. He said you wouldn't find a more honest, better bloke. He goes, it is totally out of character. 174 yeah. games, and you got to feel. What he did after the game, he went and sought out Fox Footy because he wanted to set the record yeah. straight. He wanted to apologize. There's not much more he could do. He's no. got his eight weeks, but I didn't feel like he deserved the absolute bashing he got. No, I agree. But I will say one thing on on the flip side of it. I think the AFL set a bad precedent with finding players for punches. I've yep. never understood why when you're on a football field you need to get involved in 
stupid little punches in the stomach and the chest and the arm. Uh, just concentrate on being a ball player. And I think if the AFL just suspended players for any type of punch, this wouldn't happen because players, when they know they're going to be suspended for any type of punch, I reckon you can stamp it out pretty quickly, particularly in the age we have now with the coward punch and the one punch, mm. you know, Danny Green and the Pat Cronin Foundation. I just think the AFL could really set a standard there and I think it's something they need to look at. I hope a lot of those media people in the comments out there then listen to Mark Brayshaw, yeah. his old man, who we Absolutely. both know, former Richmond person, and he summed it up beautifully. He was articulate about it, and he said, let's move on. I mean, Andrew Gaff is in the issue. We'll move on as a family, and let's hope we leave Andrew Gaff alone. And he wants everyone to forgive Gaff, so he spoke really well, Mark Brayshaw. Tribunal, though, it used yeah. to always be like that. You never used to get your points, and all of a sudden you go, okay, Michael Christian, you've got one week for this. But every time you used to get reported, you used to have to used go to, have to AFL go. house. And it's like a courtroom for, yeah, for people who don't know it. You've got the judge up the front, um, you've got the prosecutors, you've got your defence, you've uh, you've got maybe the bloke you've hit over the other side giving evidence as well. Um, and one of our good mates, Wayne Campbell, was one of the first people to turn on somebody in a, in a, in a tribunal, but that's another yeah. case for another day. But I remember going in there once and I played a, a reserves practice game at Witten Oval and Cameron Ling, I think it was 1998, I reckon. So Lingy was just starting out, I was just starting out. He was tagging me and he kept trying to hold me from behind at stoppages. Yep. And, you know, you, you throw the elbow back to try and get him Shrugged off. Shrugged him off, Well, yeah. this day I, I genuinely got him with the elbow right. right in the face and he went down. He was down for accidental, a while. Accidental, but I understand It was accidental uh, to a point. I wanted to I wanted to get him off, but yep. I didn't yep. expect to elbow him. So I had to go in there that day and it is, it is drama. I mean, you have to give your version of events and then you've got like a lawyer – Questioning Cross-examining me, you. whether yeah. I meant it or whether I meant to get him, or did I have a quick look? And Cameron Ling got up and he said, "Nah, it was my fault. I kept pushing him. I was too close to him. Stood up for me, and I ended up buying Cameron Ling a, a slab of beer for it." <laughs> That's good. The other one, nah, this is a true story, a hundred percent true. Remember Neil Bissy, who was the tribunal chairman yes. years ago. Neil Bissy played football at Richmond yep. uh, back in the day. Neil and he handed down the uh, yeah. He was the man. He was the judge. Neil Bissy, and uh, I think it was. Darren Jarman, certainly was when he was playing for the Adelaide Crows, was uh, was summoned on a striking charge. He rocks up to the tribunal and he thought he'd have a bit of fun. Jars just break the ice. <laughs> he walked into the tribunal room. Neil Bissy, very serious man, sitting up behind you know behind his desk there, looking all serious. Darren Jarman put his head through the door <laughs> of the tribunal, and he goes, "Are you Bissy?" <laughs> And he goes, all right, I'll come back later. <laughs> and they reckon he got double the penalty. He what got he meant double to get. the penalty. Are you busy? I'll come back later. Um, we both got that. fined at the tribunal yeah. five thousand dollars for flipping the bird. Yes. I did it at the North Melbourne crowd. I reckon you did it at the West Coast Eagles crowd. Yeah, I did. Uh, that was a tough day for me. I uh, I actually that game in Perth. I walked off the ground, and I think I've told this story before. But there was an Eagles uh, supporter just giving me absolute hell. And I thought, I can't take this. But I thought, put your head down, walk into the rooms and ignore this particular gentleman. I got about two metres away and I couldn't handle his abuse anymore. I looked up at him. He was about 150 kegs. He had a jumper, <laughs> West Coast Eagles jumper on that wasn't covering his belly. And I thought, I'm not copying that off you because he was physically saying I yeah. hadn't performed well. So I gave him the bird. I actually kissed 
it. And uh, the that was the part I enjoyed. Yeah. The fact they actually kissed your finger yeah. first and then gave it well, to the, you. Well, I needed something extra on it, so I got five grand for that. But that same game, I was uh, reported for wrestling with Darren Glass, and we both got three thousand dollars for wrestling. So it's a big co- day. Cost eight. me eight grand. Yeah. Sixteen after the tax goes through. Yeah, not great. Not a great. Five day. Five grand's a lot to it get is. fined for sticking your finger up. They're not that expensive now. The, no, they're the not bird. at all. Hey, Coleman Medal. Um, the last thing we talk about before we get into some of the games, the, the lowest tally it could be in 53 mm. years. How many commons would have you won if you were playing right now? Well, if well, what, you what's did gonna, get 91 goals one year. What, what's going to win it? Even if they they went on average for the last three rounds, you might win it with 65. Yeah, Ben Brown could win it with 65. Um, yeah, I think I'll probably there's six prob- players within five goals. Probably would have won five or six Coleman's with that total. It's amazing, isn't it? How how low. The goal tally is this year. I guess that's symptomatic of the low scoring we have seen this year. But who's your tip then? Can Brown stay? Oh, you'd like to think Brown could hold on. He was in this position last year as well. I uh, think he deserves it. He does. His form in the last few weeks has been pretty ordinary though. Um, Jack Rewald, if he continues to kick goals, he's a huge chance. And obviously Buddy's the one, if you if you wanted some value, he's the one that can come out and kick eight or nine mm. and all of a sudden he's in front. I think he's the one capable of kicking a bag. But Jack uh, Rewald's got the Western Bulldogs and the Gold Coast Suns, who haven't had great seasons. You would think Richmond win both of those games pretty comfortably. He could kick, you know, five or six in each of those games. So he's not a bad bet, Jack. Certainly is. Let's take take a look at Friday night. Is there anything else you want to talk about before we get into the the Friday night footy? No, I think that's uh, about got it covered, Nato. Nice work, Matthew. Essendon St Kilda, um, pretty good game, but Oregon, the Bombers, $1.20. They should be able to get this one Done pretty good. Uh, it was stiff last week, the Bombers. I thought uh, their skills probably let them down. $1.21 St Kilda, four fifty. They have to win their last three games, don't they, yep. Essendon? And they have to win them well. And even then they mightn't make it. Uh, their percentage is about 7% lower than North Melbourne. It's hard to make up 7% in the last three games. You've got to have a really good defensive effort and, and score clearly. So they need a big win here, but they need to hold St Kilda to a very, very small score. Uh I think they'll win. I think they'll win, but it's going to be tough work for Essendon now. Uh, the Bombers, uh, Hawthorne and Geelong, probably the best game of the round. So many issues come out of this game for the loser. I mean, Geelong, this is just a game they have to win. Two they weeks ago, they looked like they could finish fourth or fifth and maybe even score a home final. They have to win this game. Hawthorne are flying. And I must say, Luke Bruce is the now the best small forward in the competition. I think he's taken over from Eddie Betts. Eddie Betts has had an up and down year, but Luke Bruce's consistency as a small forward to kick goals and give goals off is extraordinary. He um he's really and he's probably had to step it up another cog. He's been a great player for a long time, probably underrated in what he's been able to do, Luke Bruce, consistently over his career. But with Rioli retiring and Poppy's been in and out of the team a couple of times with injury. He's really had to take the mantle there as the number one small foot. He's become a better player without Poppy and Cyril around him. He's had an yeah. amazing year. He can do it all, can't he? Yep. He doesn't go to ground. And can he can mark. He can mark. He's a great crummer. His front and square ability is second to none. And he doesn't miss Brownie. No. When he has a set shot, you just back him in every time. And gives him off as well. The Cats, you were keen on the Cats last week against the Tigers. They're $1.68. Hawthorne at $2.20. I thought I was unpopular in my uh, voicing of this opinion last week. I thought Geelong were lucky to be Mm. within striking distance of Richmond last week with the amount of inside 50s Richmond had. Yeah, that's true. Um, The one thing that I guess you'd be a little bit worried about if you're a Geelong supporter is they're playing in like spurts, 5-10. Like the game against Melbourne, they played one good quarter. Brisbane. 
Brisbane and Richmond again. It was the only thing that kept them in that game was two little 10-minute bursts. Richmond were dominant the rest of that match. So they need to find consistency across four quarters. Look, I'm going to tip Hawthorne. I just think they're playing a great brand of yep. footy, that Ford half game. Uh, that will leave Geelong having to win their last two games, which are at home and they should be able to do. So they'll still play finals. But, yeah, the, the consistency of their four-quarter efforts isn't there at the moment. Uh, Gary Ablett's been up and down this year, but his last three weeks before the weekend was, he was pretty ordinary, let's be honest, against the Tigers. But, but gee, he got some criticism for a player of his stature, doesn't he? I'm not sure. I agree with what Dermot said. No. I, I, I can't agree with him at all. What was no. he saying that he for? He was saying that he ran away f- from the goal to kick it because he didn't want to get physical but, contact. But isn't that I what you I couldn't understand do, it. Isn't that what you do to get pressure off your legs so you can steady and that, kick the goal? That's what I would have thought. And how many Obviously times- Obviously Dermot knows what he's thinking yeah, about. Yeah. But I understand what Dermot's saying, but it didn't quite, quite make no. sense in the situation. I've seen Gary Ablett run out to his right and sort of half hook them around. Yep. How many times? Probably a hundred times yep. over his career. He just so. had a bad night and he missed a goal at the end of it. I it's, think, amazing, uh, it's amazing how people turn on you, isn't it? This is an all-time great of the game mm. and he's copped a bit this year. Look out, Hawthorne this week. I reckon Gaz will be up and about. But I, I agree with you. I think Hawthorne can win this game at 2.20. Jack Gunston playing outstanding footy. The line in this one is only six and a half. So it is. Uh, it what is, about that game they played earlier in the year? Imagine if we get that again. Two po- one or two that points, was wasn't the, it? I reckon that was nearly the game was of the ripper. season, yeah. that one. Yeah. Um, well, here's a rant. We, we do a rant or a rub. What we, are you annoyed about this week, Brandy? Well, are you annoyed ru- that Hummer's not here? Now, uh, no. I, <laughs> he doesn't add much to this podcast. <laughs> but I, I like to be polite in most areas of life. Sometimes mm. I can be a little bit silly and stuff. But You I can like be to, a bit abrupt at times. Sometimes. But I'll, I use my manners and I like to teach my kids to use right, their manners. Right. So when you're driving a car and people don't wave when you let them in, that, yeah, that, that no, I'm with you. I hate that. So it's not hard, is it? I was driving in Caulfield last week, um, and I thought you'd find some humour in this. But I was passing. There was a, there was a row of cars, and there's a car coming the other way. And clearly, it was clear. I mean, you asked a hundred people if a hundred people lined up, who needed to stop right. and let them through was the other guy because he was going to get there after me. Right. So I'm going through. What he, all he needed to do was stop, yeah. let me through, then he'd go. Yeah. But what he did was he sped up and tried to get there before me when I was so much more closer to this big gap of cars than yeah, what he was. So, yeah. I mean, the distance was probably 50. I was 20 away. Yeah. And it was an, it was an old bug. He was about 65 and he was in this beat-up old Falcon. And so we got to an impasse. Yeah. So we both got there at the same time. And he stopped. I stopped. Yeah. He stopped. And I said, buggy you, old man. I'm going to wait you out here. And yeah. I kept motioning my uh, hand to go backwards uh, and he, he's just looking at me, shaking his head. So it was a Mexican standoff. Putting his hand out the window going, I needed to go back and then I started to get a bit aggressive and I started flashing my lights at him um, and I just sat there. I sat there for a good eight minutes. So I put the time wrong <laughs> and I said, there's no way that this old bloke is getting past me. He needs to go backwards. Cars start piling up behind me. So it was a Mexican standoff. A Mexican standoff. Got to eight minutes and I was like, Geez, I actually need to get somewhere. We're going to have a couple of kids. <laughs> so you relented, didn't you? I relented. <laughs> I had to back back. So I got out of the car. There was about three cars behind me and I just said to him, can we all back back, this old bloke? You're not moving. And uh, I need, and then some bloke laughed at me. He goes, good on you, Brownie. <laughs> Are you serious it was eight minutes? Eight minutes. I sat there for eight minutes. At that stage, there was no one behind me. So it didn't worry me because I always knew that if somebody got behind me, then I've got to make a decision. But I sat there for a good eight minutes and I was going to make this old man wait oh, about. Mate, and he, he got the better of me. That is funny. But I'm with you on that. Why can't when you let someone in, 
Why can't you just put your hand up and say thank you? All you need is one finger on the steering wheel to put it up. But people don't. They don't. Gee, they that don't. annoys me. It's a, it's a real, uh, it's a Melbourne thing. If you were down in Tassie where I grew up, yeah. but people aren't in such a rush. They no. just let you in and you're only going to get there. You think about it, how much quicker are you going to get there? Exactly. One second quicker. Just put your hand up. You get I agree with Tassie. you on that. Gold Coast, Richmond. Gold Coast, biggest odds of the year. $17 at home. Richmond, $1.01. So that means there are no chance then? You wouldn't have thought so. No. I can't see them winning this game, but $17 is an extraordinary price. Does anyone have a go at that then? Oh, there will be. A lot of punters will back the line. A lot of right. punters will think that the 65.5-point head start that the Gold Coast get is good value, but I think Richmond are going pretty well at the moment. Yeah, they are. And the one thing that keeps Richmond hungry, and yet I don't think they'll be complacent at all in this game because there's uh, finals positions and spots up for grab within that team, yep. the fight for that 22. You look at this week, uh, Richmond potentially have Prestia, Graham, Broad and Hawley, all premiership players from last year, to come back into that team. Who goes out? Sam Lloyd's trying to hang on at the yeah, moment, is Sam he? Lloyd wants to stay, and he played quite well last week. I mean, Menadju came in last week. He didn't He didn't play badly. He had yeah. 17 or 18 touches. I mean, little uh, Liam Baker's come in and hasn't done anything wrong. So there's a real fight for those final few positions in Richmond's team, so that's why they won't be complacent and but they'll the win moment, this game. those three will be the ones that make way. Yeah, they will. But you know what I mean? If they didn't do anything wrong if, either. If you have a bad game as a, a senior player there, there's pressure for positions at Richmond. So, look, they'll get the job done. You look at that Gold Coast team last week against Melbourne. Before the game, I went through the team and seriously, that there was no way known they could win when yeah. you looked at the experience and the age and, and uh, Melbourne towed them up, obviously. They get a few back, Swallow and May this week, but Richmond comfortably. It's going to get harder and harder for West Coast. They play Port Adelaide. Port Adelaide $1.47. West Coast $2.70. No gaff. Um, it's going to be tough. They've won there before, though, a they couple have. of they times. They have. They play well there. Yeah, they do. They, they mean, haven't covered injuries well this year, though, when Darling or Kennedy have been gone. Kennedy's still out, is he? Uh, well, teams aren't in yet, so I'm not yeah. sure, but I'd imagine they'd probably rest him for another week. Yeah. Look, West Coast are there. They only have to really. They only have to win one more game to really finish top two, and they've got uh, they've got Essendon. So that's Port Adelaide. They've got uh, winnable games. Yeah. West Coast coming home. So, oh, they they they're not quite as hungry. And I think Port. They've got a tough run. They've got Collingwood away and then Essendon in that last round. Port would not want to leave it until that last game against Essendon. If Essendon are alive coming into that game, so I think they need to win this one. I think I'll tip them just because they're at home and they'll be angry about what happened last week. They should get the job at home. And the Lions 15 and a half in that one. Uh, Collingwood-Brisbane is an interesting game just because Collingwood have got a lot of injuries. A dollar twenty-nine, a little bit too short for me at the moment. Brisbane are playing some pretty good footy, three sixty-six, but Collingwood should win the game. Uh, I would have thought. Yeah, Collingwood win. Degoe, you know, from all reports, is back in this week. He's uh, he's a star. He's a match winner. He'll be fresh. Uh, Collingwood will win. It's not easy. It's not easy for them because Brisbane are quite competitive at the moment. But you couldn't tip Brisbane uh, with Collingwood playing at home. Um, this is the time where I. Reminisce. And I don't know. I can't remember where I've told this story or not, but uh, it was. Yeah. What was it? A story about uh, I split my pants. Oh, and there was no. a, there was a stage where I went through. I played at eighty one kilos. I reckon I got to ninety one. When you first retired. Yeah. This is when you started calling me Arjuna Runatunga. Well, you did. You were starting to look like him. Let's be honest. But I didn't realise that we we had a big day. So uh, you just been at the races. Just just to put this for our uh, listeners. I made a decision when I retired that I wasn't going to stop training. 
because if you stop, it's too hard to catch mm. back up. Yeah. I took some time off. You made the opposite decision, <laughs> didn't you? You decided you would have a rest. Oh, I've caught it back up now. I, I learnt my lesson. It was a hard lesson. It but took a while, though. Been at the races um, and we went back to Reva and yeah. somehow I, I don't know how, but I'd split my pants. So my suit pants and they were split from the very top all the way to the very bottom. Uh, can I just jump in here on this story? We'd been to the races, as you said, went to Reva. I then went home. I only lived a couple of hundred metres away. I walked home and then uh, we got a call from you to come and pick you up. So my uh, partner, Genevieve, she hadn't been at the races, so she could drive. She hadn't been drinking. We were at home on the couch. So we uh, drove to Reva. We're in the car park. Text you, okay, Brownie, we're out the front, mate. Come out. At this point, though, you didn't know you'd split your pants, <laughs> did you? No. You came strutting out into the car park with your suit on, thinking you were going a million dollars. You'd been in there on your own, by the way. I was going pretty well at this point. And uh, you turned around to to wave goodbye to someone at the door of Reva, and Jen looks at me and she goes, have a look at Nathan's pants. <laughs> they were split from top to bottom and you didn't know. At the back. <laughs> And what was extraordinary, I reckon you told me not long after that that when you left me at the bar and you said, I'm going and I waved to you, no worries, you realised that my pants were split then and didn't tell I me. I did. And you were there for a good probably two hours after I left and you would have been strutting around in there because you were pretty happy with yourself at this point <laughs> and you would have thought you were a million dollars and everyone in there would have been laughing at you. They certainly <laughs> were. All right, that's enough reminiscing. Let's move on. GW. What about this game, GWS and Adelaide? How good is this going to be? Ripper, a dollar forty-four GWS. A lot of injuries again. Our mate Deledio, Toby Green, Adelaide two dollars eighty. But I think GWS get the job done again. You know who's almost a bigger out than Green and Deledio? And if I had said this earlier in the year, you you would have probably laughed at me. Yeah. But Big Dawson Simpson, he has been really good in the he ruck. He's been good for him. He's he can get his hand to it. He doesn't do a lot around the ground as far as possessions, but he's a big man. He gets his hand to it. They're a great clearance team. Yeah. And it just throws their balance around Brownie. Now Lobb has to go into the ruck. Yep. I think he's a huge out. Green's a big out. But in Canberra, they've won eight in a row, so I think I'll stick with them just because it's in Canberra. No worries. Uh, yeah, I think GWS will win this game. $1.44. Adelaide, their season's done, but they were very good last week. They pinched one. The line in this game is 15 and a half. Um, but you're right, when Lobb has to go into the ruck, I reckon they struggle because he's so he's so valuable forward with Cameron. Yeah, he is. He's a big man. He's two over 200 centimetres. I think he's 208. He's mobile and he's just a great foil in that forward line for Cameron. And their balance gets mucked around when he goes into the ruck. So that's a worry. That's a real worry moving forward for the Giants. But in Canberra, eight in a row, you have to go with the Giants. A tip. The Lions last week to beat the Kangaroos. The Kangaroos won a dollar thirty. The Kangaroos this week three thirty three fifty five. The Bulldogs. What about the four games that were decided by three points yeah. or less? All four games I got wrong. So Did all you? four games I went the other way with my tipping. <laughs> How stiff's that? It is stiff. How's the punters club going? By the way, shocking. Shit so you, you've dropped it off. I've noticed it hasn't been on the rundown recently. Well, there's no money left in the punters club, Matt. <laughs> Hard to talk about it when we can't place any bets. So you haven't got anything left. I haven't got anything left. I need to talk to the uh, the good people at Sports Bet try and get some bonus bets in there. To they should do try that. Try and pump up the, the just, punters club. It's been pretty disappointing. I've been disappointed with myself. I still get a few emails from people asking where the punter club's gone. It's a, you're a bit stiff, though. Four games by go and you went yeah. the other way in every one some of them. Some people think it's a Ponzi scheme. The North Melbourne boys, they've got to win two games in the run home. This one is one that they, sh you know, they yep. really do need to tick off because they'll go in as favourites. But do you give the dogs a chance? The dogs have got a good record against North Melbourne. They do, but uh, 
North Melbourne just got a lot to play for at the moment. I think they win, but it's going to be closer than what people think. The line in this game is maybe where people will be punting on the Bulldogs because Bond and Pally was outstanding last week, 23 and a half. Got 28 points down against the Saints and then kicked 10 in a row, the Dogs. That's unbelievable. That that says a lot about the Saints season, doesn't it? When He's in trouble, Richard, I reckon. Do you reckon? Yeah. The bloke's yeah. got the same name as you, Richardson. No, I don't Allen. think – I think they're going to do what Richmond and Collingwood did and just surround him with some new assistant okay. coaches. That's the new model now. That's what clubs are doing. It's Good amazing. People. Copycat industry. Yeah. Richmond did it. Hardwick has success. Collingwood did it. Buckley uh, turns it around this year. It's a good call. I think they'll do the same thing at St Kilda. Could you ever imagine Melbourne would be a dollar thirty-seven against Sydney at this time of the year? Three ten. Sydney were very good last week, but Melbourne a dollar thirty-seven. Sydney three dollars ten. It is at the MCG, and the line in this game is twenty-one and a half. Sydney have got a tough run home. They only have to win one game, but they could lose all three. They're not going to start favourites in any of their last three games. The Swans look. Melbourne at the MCG, I, I think they've got too much firepower, too much scoring ability, and Sydney at the moment are very, very reliant on Lance Franklin to get the scoring done. So if Sydney wins, He was unbelievable last unbelievable. week. Unbelievable. And last week he just reasserted why he's the best forward in the game yep. because every time he went near the ball, something happened. I think for Sydney to win this, Lance is going to have to kick seven or eight. That's a big ask. So you couldn't not tip Melbourne in this one. Fremantle Carlton, last game of the round. Nothing on it. Dollar twenty three. Carlton four twenty. Fremantle should win comfortably. Yeah, Ooh, don't don't be surprised if Carlton can raise something here. Ooh, yeah, bit of an upset coming. This and you can you can have a go at me next week if this doesn't come off. This is my tip. I think Carlton might actually lift after what happened last week. That was one of the most embarrassing things I've seen last week in that last quarter in an AFL game that the GWS Giants could have sixteen players on the ground. Mm. And you can still be outscored heavily. It's extraordinary. Isn't it? How does that happen? Got no idea. So if Carlton, if that Carlton group doesn't want to bounce back from that, then they never will. So if there's going to be an upset in this round, I'll tip this one. But you're right, Freo should win at home. But if you're going to have a crack at an upset, I'd go with that one. Always thought you were a fairly well dressed man. Um, I, I work for Triple M, as you know, but I like to tune in mm. when you're on the radio on yeah. AW and Jared yeah. Healy, uh, who's no fashion icon. Let's be honest, he still wears. Really ordinary thongs. He still wears the 2002 Australia v. Island jacket, which I got when I played. That's 16 years ago. He got a club-issued Australia v. Island jacket. He still wears that in 2018, and he's he's having a crack at your dress sense. He did have a go at my dress sense last night. I found that quite surprising because uh, Jared. I don't think Jared really cares what he wears, and that I like that. Mm. I like someone who doesn't have to worry about what they wear. Mm. They don't care. I found it hard to take because you're right. He does wear that uh, all-Australian tracksuit from 1999. <laughs> There's only one other person in Australia and in the football industry that wears that sort of stuff. Who's that? That's Michelangelo Rucci. Yes. The head footy rider over there in Adelaide. He, If you look at, just for our listeners, if you're watching a press conference from a game in Adelaide, you know Seven do the presses <laughs> after the game, the Rooch will always be in there front and centre asking Don Pike and Ken Hinckley questions because he's the number one journo in Adelaide and he will always have a club issue top on, whether it's a Woodville West Torrens polo <laughs> or an Australian Gaelic uh, All-Australian tracksuit that he was given when he when he went on the junket. The Rooch, yeah, he wears them. What do you got for us? A, right. a bit of a story to finish off? Yeah, we like- I think I'll, I'll preface this one. I like this story. This is a true story, 100% true, because sometimes you can put sugar on these sort of stories, but- uh, uh, we like to finish with a bit of a sportsman's night end of year trip 
type story, Nado, and it involves another trip. We we get to America a lot at the end of the season or Europe, and this was a trip I went on with some former Richmond teammates of mine, Nick Daffy and Wayne Campbell. Uh, it would have been in the mid to early 2000s, and we're staying at a hotel in uh, West Hollywood there on Sunset Boulevard, and this hotel, the Mondrian, it's known for a lot of Aussies stay there, you know, it's sort of the, the go-to hotel for Aussies when travelling to West Hollywood. And uh, Wayne was pretty excited to be there, I was excited to be there, and we're all ready to go out and have dinner one night, and we were meeting sort of out in the foyer area where the lift is. We're, we're staying on, you know, the sixth or seventh floor. I'm waiting in the foyer area on the sixth or seventh floor with Nick Daffy, and we see Richard Wilkins walk Dickie. out. Dickie Wilkins from Channel 9, the famous uh, music journo. We see him walk out of his room with his partner at the time, and we go, she's this is going to be funny because we actually knew that Wayne was about to walk out of his room as well. And Wayne was a big fan of Richard Wilkins mm. for some reason. I don't know why, but he, he was, he a, was fan. a big fan. He, for some reason, he just loved Richard Wilkins, yeah. which is strange. One isn't of the it? nicest men in Australia, Richard Wilkins. Yeah. So Richard walked out of his room, and it's a long corridor. We, we notice him straight away. And I go to Daft, there's Richard Wilkins. As he walked out of his room, Wayne was staying in the room next to him. Wayne walked out of his room behind Richard Wilkins. At this point, I said to Nick, let's just duck around the corner here. It was a big L-shaped corridor, you know, and the lifts mm. were right on the end near the corner. So we ducked around the corner and they didn't know we were standing there, but we could look into the – there was a mirror on the other corridor, so we could see them. They couldn't see us. <laughs> I said, this is going to be funny because when Wayne sees Richard, he's going to say something to him, and I've just got a real hunch that it's not going to work out how <laughs> Wayne wants to. So anyway, they both get to the lift, Richard Wilkins – his partner, Wayne, they press the button to go down to the lobby. We're sort of half chuckling around the corner. And we hear Wayne go, oh, Richard, it's Wayne Campbell. And Richard went, yes, and gave him just an arrogant look. He didn't have a clue who Wayne was. And Wayne went, Richard, it's Wayne Campbell. I've met you before. And Richard went, yeah. As this happened, the doors to the lift opened. Richard and his partner jumped into the lift. Wayne stayed out of the lift because he was waiting for us. As the lift door was closing, Wayne had one more crack at it. He said, Richard, it's Wayne Campbell. I met you at Punt Road Oval one day. <laughs> Today's show had done a live cross during the finals and they set up at Punt Road Oval. So as the lift doors are closing, all we heard Richard Wilkins say was Punt Road Oval, hey? <laughs> as the lift shut. <laughs> That's when we burst into tears. We walked around the corner. Wayne's standing there flat as a tack because Richard burnt him beautifully. The lift's going down. And me and Nick looked at Wayne and went, you met him at Punt Road Oval, did you, Wayne? <laughs> Gee, that was fun. Uh, it's a rip-up. Diggy Wilkins, good. Wayne Campbell, he's a good man too. Uh, that's it for today. Good luck, everyone, if you're going to have a punt on the weekend and do so responsibly.